This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about tofu. Yes, and I have a cold. And that's why I sound like this. Mm -hmm. Tis Um, the season. It's also Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, wow, yeah. Hope you um, don't have a cold. Hope you don't have the cold that I that I got from Molly. So here, here's my here's my uh, seasonal cold and flu prevention tip. Mm. Uh, don't co-host a podcast with someone who has a young child and uh, like pass f- yeah. food back and forth while like licking it and taking bites off it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always lick stuff that, but like when I'm tasting it before I pass it to Matthew, I just give it like a good like a tongue lathering. Uh, yes, the the level of lathering is. <laughs> literally obscene. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Happy New Year, everybody. We hope that you got through the holidays without the cold that we have had. Yep. And I feel like this is a great time of year for cooking uh, these like fantastic like Sichuan tofu dishes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, any time of the year is great for that. But I'm really glad we're doing this episode now because, oh my God, this is episode number 418. (laughs) Yeah. And I can't believe we haven't done tofu yet. I know. We say, and we say that like every week. I can't believe we haven't done this yet the, the entire remaining run of the show the the next 2000 episodes everyone is going to start with i can't believe we haven't done this this topic yet I, this show really um like pulls me emotionally back and forth because yeah. I, I i go on the on the one hand from feeling like oh my god I don't have have to sit with Matthew and he's going to lick something and pass it to me again. (laughs) I don't have any more topic ideas for this show. Like uh, on the one hand, I feel that way regularly. And then on the other hand, I'm like, I can't believe we didn't think of this. Like there, there, there are so many good things left to talk about. Yeah, and in fact, next week's episode is one of those also sneak preview. Mm-hmm. We There's so many good things left is. to lick and pass to Matthew. <laughs> yep. So uh, thanks for listening to Lick and Pass. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like lick but like for for friends. Have you to ever share. have you ever uh, gone to to Lick and Pass and gone gone skiing? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, oh, it was man. it was very satisfying. Oh, what man, the black diamond run there is treacherous. <laughs> yeah. But it's what happens back at the lodge that you'll remember forever. 
Okay. All right. All right. What are we talking about again? Let's go down Tofu Memory Lane. Okay. So my Tofu Memory Lane doesn't go back far as far as I feel like it should because it really took me like later in life than is really appropriate for me to realize that that tofu is like a food that I could get excited about. What do you mean by later in life? My my mid 90s. Um, oh, your mid nineties. No, probably the mid late nineties. Okay, so, well, so, so like you were my in tw- your late mid 20s, late twenties, maybe. Yeah, I think this sounds totally uh, standard for a uh, white American, right? Um, and so, so before that, like I, I had the idea that that uh, many Americans not of Asian descent do, which is that uh, tofu is a substitute for something and or like yeah. a punchline synonym for a bland food. Yeah, and I think that this was particularly uh, a, a prevalent idea in the wake of like you know all the the vegetarian books that came out like right. around the time that you and I were born, probably late seventies. Like Moosewood, all these things. Um, yeah, tofu was. Pre- presented as this sort of like ascetic food yeah, almost. exactly. You know what I mean? Which it certainly can be, but does not have to be. Absolutely not. And I think that actually, so around the same time that you were having your, your tofu awakening. Yes. Um, I was, gosh, I was in, in college probably at that point. So, cause as everyone will remember, I'm three years younger than Matthew. Yes. It matters. <laughs> I remember my senior. Guess what? We're both uh, at least forty now. It no longer matters. <laughs> I know, I'm Matthew. God, I'm joking. I think I, you're feeling I, I sensitive know, I know about you're this. joking, and yet, like, it I keep, you. I keep having these like very embarrassingly stereotypical middle aged nostalgia pangs, where where like I wake up in the night thinking like I wish I could go back and do such and such over. I would do a better job this time. Which what is would you do? The dumbest feeling to have. I think I would have like gotten better at singing and playing guitar and like stuck with those things more consistently. That's um, that's the one I've been revisiting this week. What Next I, week it'll be something different. What I was just thinking about this week. Well, so hold on. First, let me give you a glimpse of, of how middle-aged I've become. Please. Last night we were watching that new, well, probably by the time this airs, no longer very new Martin Scorsese film on Netflix. The, Irish the Irishman. Man. We were finishing it last night and I was knitting a scarf. Okay. While we, Did you fall asleep a couple we times? <laughs> no, but Ash okay. was falling asleep. <laughs> anyway. Okay. But um, I just the other day was totally thinking about how like so I had a very uns- hold on. We're going to talk about making out. Some okay, more. okay great. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, and by some more, I mean like in the history of the show, we've talked about making out a fair amount. Yeah, like every every five or six episodes. Okay. I think. What I wanted to say is that I had a very unsuccessful dating career in college. Mm-hmm. As listeners and, and readers of Matthews will know, he met Watzel, wife of the show Lori, in, in college. college. Yes. So Matthew, so that's pretty successful. Matthew was very successful in college in terms of dating. I guess. I mean, like, it depends how you define success. I Okay. I didn't go on lots of dates in college. I think that probably most of our listeners would agree that, like, a really satisfying and, like, hot and fulfilling relationship is, like, true success. Yeah, that's one definition. Okay, great. Anyway, I had no success by any definition, Okay. okay? I lost my virginity in college, but other than that, like, I was scared to ask people out. Oh, sure. Anyway, but here's the thing. Like, uh, I, I write about this in, in my forthcoming book. Oh, I, I The Fixed this, Stars, which yes. you can pre-order now? 
I had this one date with a woman that I was very confused about. Like, sure. I couldn't tell if it was a date. Like, I think I genuinely didn't know it was a date when it Until began. Until it was too late. And, and and anyway, but I, I now think to myself, oh my god, I think everything would have been different if I would go to co- if if I were going to college right now when kid when like kids at least uh, in coastal cities uh-huh. are like just making out with everybody. Yeah, it does seem that way. I mean, but I think that people were doing this when I yeah, was in I think college. They were. <laughs> oh my god, what would it have been like if, like, some? I, I like, don't know, though. You were you were went to went to college in sort of a backwards rural area, <laughs> Stanford, California. <laughs> yeah, that Palo Alto place is right. super rural. Definitely no computers there. Um, anyway, but no, I just kept thinking, like, what if some young, like, budding lesbian had like come on to me in a way that I could not fail to notice. Right. And if I had actually had the guts to take it seriously and be curious about it, what would my life have looked like? And how much fun could I have had, like, just fucking in college, which yeah. I did not do. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I... that. I guess I guess you're and, right that by by that standard, like I do feel like I was successful enough in college that I don't I don't like think back of like you know I, I wish I had like you know screwed around more in college. Yeah, well, and I also think that that like I think that like early straight sex experiences were tinged with so much. Well, all all early sex experiences yeah. are tinged with weirdness. Oh, sure. But especially like, uh, do you have a condom? Learning how to put on a condom, you know, like it, it, like being afraid of diseases yeah. and stuff. I wonder. I mean, like obviously, people it, 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 like with two vaginas who are having intercourse need to think about illnesses too. Yes, but not to the same but extent. But not pregnancy. Right. And I was very afraid of pregnancy. Oh, sure. Why what wouldn't would you be? What would it have been like to like not be afraid of that in my early sexual experiences? Um, well, I mean, I guess I guess it's not too late, right? <laughs> I mean, it's too late to go back and redo it things. It is too late. But well, now I'm not. I'm not afraid right. of pregnancy anymore. Yeah, okay, it's pretty there you great. Go. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about tofu. Yeah. No, we've talked about this before. Like, like that uh, on the show. I think that um, I I thought of myself in college as like like the biggest nerd that no woman could possibly be interested in. I thought of myself as the biggest. I had this strange complex of feeling like I was pretty cool, but that I was only cool in my universe of one and that the whole rest of the world um, could see straight through me and see that I knew nothing. Yeah, no, I didn't think I was cool at all. And like, you know, did barely ever like had the guts to to ask someone out uh, because of that. And then but looking back on it, like, I was the lead singer in a band, in a rock band that would like play shows around campus and around Southern California. And probably like that, like whatever my other deficiencies, that was probably cool enough. Mm-hmm. You had long hair. And I had long hair. You had a lot of hair. Yeah. I remember reading your description of Lori in uh, Hungry Monkey. Mm-hmm. 
and you're talking about how hot she was like this hot girl yeah, like true. like she was super like into you and you couldn't believe it yeah i just Still love can't believe it. like picturing that because i know how nerdy you looked in college and i know how much of a lesbian i looked like in college and yet like the rest of the world didn't think you were a nerd and i, mean, I probably a lot of it did and I think I had no idea what a lesbian I looked like. Sure. I wasn't a lesbian. Yeah. It's, oh my God. Growing up is so hard. Okay, so sometime in the 2000s... <laughs> I, I was writing restaurant reviews. This is this is actually pivoting back to tofu now. Oh, uh, at, at like the twelve. Minute oh, wait mark. a minute! I wasn't done oh, talking sorry, sorry, about sorry. my memory lane. Yep, yep. So my senior year of college, I lived in this apartment right. on campus with my best friend Keaton, who also kind of looked like a lesbian and also wasn't a lesbian. She was so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Keaton continues to be so cool. Keaton plays in rock bands. Yeah, and oh and god, she started so Birdman cool. and what? Batman. Oh, oh, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Anyway. um, I'm sure she's never heard that one before. She actually usually um, refers to Buster Keaton. Oh, sure. To explain her name. Was Buster Keaton the great stone face? I don't either. Anyway, but so Keaton and I lived in this um, like super dumpy apartment complex on campus that I'm pretty sure has now been torn down. Is it a super fun site? Matthew, shut up. Anyway, and it was our senior year, and when you live in that building, like most people in it don't have a meal plan, and they cook their own meals. Oh, yeah, sure. So um, I I already, you know, was pretty interested in cooking, um, and Keaton wanted to learn, and so we did a lot of cooking. And anyway, I remember a lunch that I was really into was I would get firm tofu. This sounds so weird and bad. I would get firm tofu, and I would cut a slice off the block, like a slice about as big as like a slice of sandwich bread. Sure. Okay. And I would marinate it for like 30 minutes in some like Stubbs beef marinade. Nice. Yeah. Like you're supposed to like put on beef and then I would put it in a skillet and I would cook it just until it was sort of like hot and a little bit browned. That sounds pretty good to me, frankly. And and then I would put it on like whole wheat sandwich bread and smear one of the slices with avocado. I mean, I get I would eat I that get for lunch. why this is embarrassing, and yet it sounds pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty classy in college, and yet it, it's so random. It was my like weird tofu sandwich with avocado. It was weird, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, I really did not. It did not occur to me that tofu could be used for anything other than uh, like meat replacement right. or quote unquote healthful eating. Mm-hmm. Until I, I think until I moved to Seattle and, you know, got far enough outside of Northern California <laughs> right. to, uh, to get to eat some really good Asian food. Right. Okay. I mean, so, there's really good Asian food in Northern California, but there's also there? a lot, there's also a lot of good, a lot of hippies. <laughs> yes, there's both. Yeah. Like every time I go to Berkeley, which I love to do and haven't been in a few years, um, I always marvel at like, oh, there are like real deal hippies here. Oh, my God. Straight up. That that like fulfill every possible hippie stereotype. And I love it. Well, and like, you know, the, the legend of like, you know, encountering like a naked guy walking along Telegraph right. Avenue. Like it's not a legend. 
it will happen to yes. you. Yes, my favorite thing that I've ever heard said about hippies, and I'm not going to like get the delivery of the of the joke right, but that um, I was listening to a podcast where I think it was uh, a TV writer and comedian Nick Adams was talking and uh, saying like, you know, for all of these stereotypes about hippies, many of which are true, the thing is they were right about pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I remember. Oh my God! Hold on, I'm almost done here, Matthew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, okay. Well, uh, it's it's okay to start the show at minute fifteen. A really high point for me in college. Yeah. This is also telling, is that Molly Katzen, yeah, the author of the Moosewood Cookbook and many other legendary vegetarian cookbooks, she well. So not only did I write a letter to her in <gasps> college, and she wrote back to me. What tell what was in the letter? Tell me everything. Um, I sent her an essay that I had written. Okay. And she read it. And, about and what? Re- it was about, oh my gosh, it was about some writer and like the symbolism of sugar in a novel of theirs. Why? But why did you send it to her? Well, speci- I'm getting to okay. that. So she had a new book that came out when I was in college. And I remember I got myself to San Francisco and I went to her reading. And it was like major celebrity moment mm-hmm. for me. I, I, I mean, I still think Molly Katzen is really cool. And did you, did you bring her one of those barbecue tofu sandwiches? <laughs> I didn't. But I do remember that during the Q&A segment, somebody asked her about being a vegetarian. And she said that she actually wasn't. Wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't. Heard, yep. And that she, um, she had just eaten a turkey sandwich that day for lunch. Anyway, and the person dropped dead on the spot. Exactly, exactly. But when I went up to her and I had my book signed, I think I told her that I was in college and that I was really interested in food and blah, 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 and that I was writing about it in the, like, that I was interested in exploring food through, like, literature and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think I followed up by sending her. And, and she said, essay. oh, great. And she actually wrote back to me in that handwriting, that oh, Molly Katzen right, 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 handwriting right. that everybody recognizes. Anyway, what? What a class act. I mean, just what a kind human. Anyway, there you go. Okay, so sometime in the 2000s, I was writing restaurant reviews for the Seattle Times, a local newspaper, and um, I was told about this place called Sichuan Bean Flower. And I think it was, it no longer exists. I think there was one, it, it was like up north somewhere in Seattle and then moved to the east side and then closed. Anyway, uh, what bean flour meant, and I, I like learned this somehow, is uh, it is a it is a Chinese word for tofu. It's like the character for bean and the character for flour, and particularly mm. for silken tofu, which we'll explain what that is in a while, <laughs> probably quite a while, <laughs> based on how the show is going so far. Okay, um, and so like this, like. That was kind of the first moment I realized, oh, like you can have a whole restaurant predicated on the idea that our tofu is really delicious and that's what you should come here for. And I went there and had like several different tofu dishes and I was like, okay, this is really good. Like there's there's something here that I just never understood before and now I'm starting to get it. And this restaurant sadly no longer exists. Sadly no longer exists. But there are other places in Seattle now where you can get good tofu there's a there's a restaurant called northwest tofu Mm -hmm. that's both a tofu store and restaurant on jackson street that has all kinds of great tofu dishes wow okay Uh, do you have any cookbook i mean like i know that that um you know there are plenty of cookbooks that are focused on tofu yeah so like my the next phase in my in my tofu lution wow uh, let's (laughs) rewind okay Okay. so remember when i said there are like things in my life that i wish i could go back and do over again (laughs) you can that was one of them yeah that's true in podcasting you can let's do it (laughs) let's scrub through all our old episodes and get rid of all the embarrassing stuff there'll be like four minutes of audio left okay (laughs) um 
was when Andrea Nguyen's cookbook, Asian Tofu, came out, maybe like early to 2010s, I think. Okay. And it was like for me, like the first cookbook that I read that was totally focused on tofu, not as a health food, but just like these are traditional ways to prepare tofu that are that are focused on celebrating the ingredient and its deliciousness. And I made a bunch of things from that book. And inspired by that book, I made tofu at home for the first and only time. (laughs) Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. I want to, I think that this is a good point for you to tell us about what that was like. But first, Matthew, hold on. We need to pause for a second. Mm -hmm. We need to let our listeners know. So this episode is airing on January 2nd. Yeah. Two weeks from today, January 16th. As you may recall, Matthew, we are doing a live show in Seattle. I do recall. In the basement of Dino's. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's more information on that if you if you go to our website, spilledmilkpodcast.com, and, and click on this episode. There'll be a link to buy tickets. It's bit.ly slash spilledmilk10. It might be sold out by now. But but here's the thing. We need help from our listeners, uh, listeners who will be there, as well as listeners like you who may be very far away and, and maybe even happy that you can't be there. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe you want to stay away. Maybe, maybe you heard about how we like to lick things, lick foods, and yeah. then pass them on uh, to other people. Well, so here's the thing. We are going to do something that we've never done before right. at this show. We are, instead of picking one topic, we are soliciting topic ideas from listeners and we're going to do, I think, 10 I think 10 topics, 10 topics as a lightning round. 45 minutes. Yes. So we are going to do like three to five minutes per topic. Uh, Producer Abby's going to be there with a button. Yes. Uh, or a buzzer rouser. A buzzer razor. <laughs> wow, it sounds like it's gonna zing us. Yeah, well, she's we've gotten razzed by producer Abby many a time. <laughs> she's gonna be there with a buzzer uh-huh. to stop us. I'm really, so we have to move really on to top, hoping that a different it's the buzzer topic. from the game Taboo. I'm hoping that it's the sound that the game Operation makes oh, when, you, when, yes. you, when you, uh, you hit the edge of the, the body. Oh, wow. That is such an odd game. Okay, anyway, here's the thing. We want topic ideas from you listeners we are going to be randomly picking these topics out of a hat and matthew and i have to be able to talk about them for three to five minutes yeah so uh, producer abby is going to lightly vet the the cards that uh, that she's going to write the topics on but we we could encounter almost anything in this basket of cards and we have to be I mean, we're not going to be ready, but we have to we have to wing it. And here's the thing. Uh, Matthew and I do not want to know about the topics ahead of time. So please do not uh, like just post them on our general Facebook page or in the comments at our website. Here's how you should submit topic ideas. Email topics at spilledmilkpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll make sure that goes directly to producer Abby. Uh, don't don't send her anything weird just because you know it's going directly to producer Abby. I mean, we know that producer Abby is the object of everyone's affections, but well, that's true. But please do not send her weird stuff. Unless I mean, unless it's, it's a, a weird, weird topic. topic idea. <laughs> exactly. All right. Okay. Uh, let's talk about tofu. Yeah. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What is tofu? Okay, tofu is coagulated bean curd, coagulated soy milk. So you make soy milk by grinding soybeans. Green soybeans? No, dried soybeans. Okay. Not edamame. Okay. So so grinding soybeans with liquid and pressing out the uh, the soybeans so you have the liquid left. Okay. But that liquid still has lots and lots of, of proteins and carbohydrates and stuff dissolved in it. And just like you can coagulate milk with rennet or another coagulant, you can do the same with soy milk. And when you do, that is how you make tofu. Mm. Uh, and there are two main styles of tofu. The most common one um, that uh, is sold as like a firm or extra firm tofu usually is cotton tofu. That's what's called in Japan. And that is when you it's, it's like a cheese making style process where you press out the whey and you press the curds into a block. Mm, okay. Okay. And so that's what most of us in the U.S. are probably most familiar with. Yes. But there's also silken tofu, which is what you get when you coagulate the soy milk in its container and just leave it in the container and let it solidify. Ah. And so that's got it's got all the whey and the curds kind of smooshed together. Which explains why it is so much like softer, silkier, yeah, less it's got much higher less water firm. content. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's it's just it's different. Okay. And is it called like so so if the other is cotton tofu? Silken tofu. Silken tofu. Okay. Now, hold on. Now wait, you you were you know saying that it's called cotton tofu in, in Japan. tofu. But is is tofu where where is it originally from? So it is Almost certainly originally from China. And boy, do we not know a lot about the history of tofu. Like, I, I went well beyond Wikipedia. Um, what we can say for sure is it probably goes back at least 2,000 years, but it doesn't seem to have become, like, popular and, like, mentioned in a lot of sources until somewhere around, like, the 9th to 11th century in China and then shortly thereafter in Japan. It's so interesting to me when we think about, like, you know, we, people love to talk about, like, artichokes. Like, how People did... love talking about artichokes. <laughs> they will, will not shut up about no, these fucking like, thistles. Like, how did anybody ever wind up thinking we should eat this? Like people love to talk about, you know, like marvel at artichokes like that. I mean, I think tofu sounds it's pretty far from the original soybean. Oh, yeah. So, so first for you somebody have to, to, think to make of, soy milk. Well, yeah. So for somebody to think of taking the soybean, taking it presumably out of the pod, drying it, grinding it up, mixing it with water, uh, pressing it and then adding coagulants. Like what foods are we inventing today? That like oh. 2,000 years from now, people will be like, how did they come up with that oh, one? Oh, Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Uh, Doritos Locos Tacos. That's true. Um, okay. those, mainly those things. Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Sour yes. Patch Extreme Kids. Yes. Okay. Like, All right. Well, I'm glad we figured that yeah. out. Okay, cool. Yeah. Can you imagine like like at our archaeological site, like this one right <laughs> here, when they when they unearth this in a couple, in a couple thou and- uh, <laughs> 
that's that's the other cool kids say <laughs> thousand years um and uh, and they find like some dried up sour patch kids and like you know like why did they have so much citric acid at this at this uh Settlement, right? Was there some sort of an illness that was plaguing the population that can only be cured by citric acid? For example, yeah, and they're yeah. they're going to find the Sour Patch Kids. They might find like some Hubba Bubba bubble gum. That would be hard to explain. <laughs> okay, but anyway, yes. Matthew, hold on. Okay, so, wait, wait, we were in the middle of explaining something. Oh, so, is... oh, I was going to say like the one step that you would think like how like where did they get this coagulant and what was that all about? Yeah. So the original tofu coagulant was almost certainly seawater, which has oh. enough of the types of salts that coagulate soy milk to work as a tofu coagulant. So salts coagulate the proteins? Yes. Oh, okay. And like sodium chloride is not very effective for this, but calcium chloride is, and and there's plenty of that in seawater and some some like lake water also, I think. That's so interesting. So when we're using cow's milk, the proteins in that usually are coagulated with an acid. Yes. And you can, there are tofus made by coagulating with an acid. Um, it's, It's just like a regional variation. Okay. Oh, this is so interesting. Okay. All right. So when you made tofu, yeah. <laughs> tell me all about it. So, okay. Name name drop alert. So I, I emailed Andrea Nguyen, who was uh, was was and is my, my colleague, food writer, but except that she's like gone on to continue publishing great books year after year. Um, <laughs> and, and we, I, and we and made we this show. This. <laughs> um, and she said, uh, if you're interested in making tofu, I can send you a kit. And I said, yes, please. And she did. And she sent some uh, some high-quality dried soybeans and a, a plastic tofu press, which is really – it's just – it's just like a block of plastic, a plastic mold with, with like a strainer, holes in the bottom so that you can press it and strain out some of the whey. Okay. And it was really not very hard to do. I, I got the sense that this was something that would take practice to like get the end product to where I'm like, this isn't just like, wow, I made my own tofu. That's cool to it. Like, this is actually worth doing because it's as good or better than tofu I can buy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, it was definitely an interesting experience. Did you make silken tofu? I made cotton tofu. Cotton tofu. And were you able to get it to coagulate into or to, you know, to be pressed into a block? Yes, absolutely. And so did it taste yeah, good? It's very, yes, it did. It, it's really satisfying to, when you add the coagulant. I think, I think she threw in some coagulant also. When you add the coagulant, like it just like boom right away curdles because wow. you had this like smooth soy milk. And oh, by the way, the best part, this is not straight, technically tofu, but like the best part of making homemade tofu is you have this pot of warm soy milk and it forms a skin on the top mm. and you can peel this skin off and eat it. And it is one of the most delicious things in the world. Wow! It's called yuba in Japanese. Um, I've seen dried yuba. I've yeah. used it before. Yeah. Uh, from a recipe for a recipe in Fuchsia Dunlop's book, Every grain of Every rice. Every grain of rice. Yeah, the dried yes. and fresh are quite different, but both very delicious. Mm-hmm. You know, it occurs to me, it's, you know, people talk about like vegetarian cheese, right? Or sure. tofu cheese. I mean, uh, the process for making this is very much like making, I think about like when I made paneer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're, you're like warming milk, you're adding an acid, you're, you're pressing the curds into a block and, and cutting them up into cubes. It's interesting to me. I wonder when, when companies market like tofu cheese... How is it just different from tofu? I think flavorings. Oh, okay. 
is my guess. And, and that's one, like, one of the advantages of tofu, especially cotton tofu, is that it takes on flavorings very readily because it's porous, yeah. as you discovered in college. You yeah. were the one to, who discovered this. I did. Yeah, June was just saying to me yesterday, she was like, I don't like tofu very much. It doesn't taste like anything. And I was saying to her, well, June, here's the thing, actually. It, it does taste like something, but most of the time when we when we eat it, it takes on the flavorings of what's around it. So this is ex- like exactly something I want to talk about, which was that I certainly at one point felt the same way. Yeah. And what I then as I like discovered good tofu, like that had like a spillover effect. OK, so a couple weeks ago, uh, by the time you hear this, a couple months ago, I did an event at Book Larder the community cookbook store in Seattle where producer Abby works. And uh, I interviewed this guy named Derek Sandhouse who wrote a book about baijiu, which is uh, Chinese liquor. And I had never tried this before. And he talks about in the book how when he first tried it, he thought it was the worst thing he had ever had. Then, you know, sometime later, he's like, okay, like, I don't like this at all. I don't get why people drink this, but people clearly enjoy it. I want to find out why. And so he went on tasting various different kinds and then finally found one that he that he liked. But it wasn't just that he found one that he liked. He was then able to go back to the ones that he didn't like and identify, oh, like this is what I was supposed to get out of this. And now I can enjoy this one, too. This is ideally how humans would approach most all things, of humanity. Right? So so for me, like I, I have had some really, really good tofu experiences. And through that, like that made me want to go back and like enjoy just supermarket tofu in a way that I couldn't before. And, and like I do do that regularly. Wow. Can I can I tell you about some of my some of my really good tofu experiences? Uh, yeah, my God, this this uh, uh, I feel like we need to put on like uh, we need to light. We need to sit down by candlelight. Yeah. We need to light something. <laughs> no, but I feel like we need to put on like this sort of really romantic music. This really brings out your pyromaniacal there, tendencies. There needs to be like a little somebody playing the harp right now, or, or so yeah, that or we like can a, be a, transported. A koto or a shamisen or something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But yeah, have you ever been to the Urdu. harp room at uh, at Dusty Strings Music Store in Fremont? No. Oh man, I love it's that's my favorite music store in Seattle. It's all kinds of they have cool electric guitars, and I like to go for that reason. But they also have like dulcimers and harp. They have a fucking room full of harps. Did you know that uh, Brandon bought a full-sized harp recently and this now has it in his home. doesn't surprise me at all. Right? It's so Brandon. Yeah. Anyway, but oh my God, it's it's really beautiful. Does he know how to play it? Uh, I think he's learning. I think okay. he's taking harp lessons. Where was I going with this? Is uh, Oh, uh, delicious uh, right, tofu right. eating okay, experiences. So, so I went to this restaurant in Tokyo in 2012 called Ukai Tofuya. It is a tofu, like a, a tasting menu tofu restaurant. It's super fancy. I went by myself for lunch. I had to make a reservation like a week in advance. What did it cost to go there for lunch? Um, have a, like a tasting menu. I think like sixty bucks. Wow, that's still very reasonable. It was quite for what reasonable. I, would I didn't. Think I didn't. Of... I didn't drink any alcohol. Oh, it would okay. have been much more. Most of the of the dishes in the tasting menu contained tofu in one way or another. But like the signature dish was because it was summertime was cold tofu, fr- like freshly made tofu in like a cold dashi broth, mm. and which which like. If if you're if you're not already on the tofu train, like no one's gonna hear that and be like, yum, like sign me up. And I was I was, I was skeptical because like it was just a big bowl of cold broth with like two scoops of tofu floating in it. Okay. Or like not even floating, sinking in it. Okay. It was so delicious 
Did you do anything really emotional, like cry? No. Oh. I was just, I, I, well, I did something really emotional. I kept saying, mmm, mmm. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, I can't but... wait to talk to Watzel and see if that's how you express all your emotions. Yes, it is. Like um, like when Watzel comes home and she's had a really hard day and you're like, mmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm super fun to live with. Yeah, then, and then like I, I lick something and pass it to her. <laughs> Like here, have a cookie. <laughs> okay, go on. Um, and I mean, but like you know, the the definitely like the the server came over and was like, "Is good?" Like, oh, see, like you know, mm-hmm. it was good. Um, and so and so like that was one of my formative to- tofu experiences. A couple years later, we were in Osaka and uh, had breakfast at the at the hotel we were staying at. And when they do the Japanese breakfast at this hotel, they they have like a seasonal flavored house made tofu, and it was uh, kabocha squash flavored. Mm. Which and the flavor, the squash flavor was very subtle, but it was just this really good, freshly made silken tofu. And it came, it was uh, served with like this this slotted spoon to eat it with. It was sort of like a strainer on a stick uh, because it was so delicate. You, there's no way you could pick it up with chopsticks, and uh, it was delicious. Teenager of the show, Iris loved it. Also, amazing. Yeah, love it. Okay, so uh, l- go on, Matthew. Tell me more. I know. So so then after that, I was like, okay, like you know, I'm not going to get tofu of that quality all the time, but now I can kind of taste the same things that I tasted in that really good freshly made tofu, even when I'm buying tofu, you know, in a in a plastic tub at a Wajamaya or Trader Joe's. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do with tofu at home? What what type do you buy for it? Like, I don't know. Can you like tip me off onto some brands? Because I, I just. Yeah. So yeah, let me let me tip you off. Okay. So um, for silken tofu, my favorite one to buy is uh, Morinaga Morinu silken tofu. And it comes in several different firmnesses and it comes in a box. Hmm. And um, opening the box is kind of fun because like it's, it's a tetra pack box. And the tofu curdles like, you know, it firms in this box because it's a silken tofu. It the box comes with like three step instru- instructions for opening it. Oh my gosh! It, so like you you you, you pop the pop corners, up the little tabs and you, you s- cut those and then you cut across and then you cut off one of the tabs at the bottom to vent it so you can slide the block of tofu out. And so silken firm tofu, you're going to be able to cut it into cubes, but it's still going to have that silky, really yes, silky. Yes, it's still texture. very fragile. Okay. So this is my favorite one to use for mapo tofu. Mapo okay. tofu. Okay, and will you for those of us who haven't made. Mapo tofu. Would you tell us a little bit about like the characteristic flavorings of it? Yeah, so it is a, a Sichuanese dish that is made with uh, Sichuan fermented chili bean paste, mm-hmm. um, doubanjiang, and uh, and Sichuan peppercorn. And so it is very spicy and numbing and a little funky. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's and it can, usually has meat, but it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very delicious. One of and, my favorite things to make. And it's so it's fairly saucy. Very saucy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then what else do you do with this particular type of tofu? Okay. The other thing I love making with silken tofu is <laughs> every time you say I love making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know how well I did in college <laughs> with with all the. Love making. I made this joke like 200 episodes ago, but it's it. It was time for it to come back around. Like <laughs> I've been sitting on it for months. When you're like, I love making, and I'm just sitting over here quietly. Okay, go on. Yeah. God, I'm such a child. No, oh, no, it's, it's good. Idiot. This is. I, I know we've said this before, but this is how we stay young forever by never doing anything mature. Okay, go on. Um, okay. So, oh, the other thing is uh, hiyako. 
um, hiyayako is a is a like summer tofu dish uh, that is very popular in Japan. I mean, all times of year. Um, you can like order it in any bar in Japan, kind of. It is cubes of silken tofu that are just kind of like lightly garnished with uh, fish flakes, mm. katsuobushi, and uh, grated ginger and scallions and soy sauce. Served served uh, cold. Served cold. That sounds delightful in the summertime. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's one of those things where like, uh, you know, there there is a moment when you if you've had it and enjoyed it, you'll like come to a moment where you're like, this is the thing I ha- need to have right now. What about cotton tofu? Okay, cotton tofu. There are a couple of things that I like to do with that too. Number one favorite is bear paw tofu, which is in Fuchsia Dunlop's book, Every Grain of Rice. Fantastic. Um, and I know is a favorite of producer Abby's also. Oh, I, I've never had it. So what Even you do I is- I have this book. I've never noticed it. Definitely make this recipe. Okay. It is, it's a little more work than, than mapo tofu because you need to uh, par fry the tofu. So you, you take the cotton tofu, you cut it up into, into square, like small squares, mm-hmm. like uh, a centimeter thick or so. Mm-hmm. And then you fry them in oil and you, you set them aside. Uh, and then you stir fry the fried tofu pieces with like Szechuanese seasonings, like uh, uh, chili bean paste and like long lengths of scallion and a little bit of soy sauce, maybe a little bit of vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so good that the tofu gets like this, this like juicy texture. Mm. It like it, it stays. It's still like a little bit crispy from the frying, but it soaks up all of the saucy seasonings. Yum. It's so good. Okay. Also one of Teenager of the Show Iris's favorites. And uh, yudofu, which um, I've only actually made a couple of times, but is like the thing to do, like if, at least Japanese style, if uh, if you have some good tofu that you really want to highlight. And like if you live in a city of any appreciable size, there is probably a local tofu factory mm-hmm. That is making tofu, and like that's the brand you should look for. Tofu brands are not super na- uh, national. What about you know tofu from Trader Joe's or from like uh, your local supermarket? Like, are, do you feel good about those? Are they I, good? I feel okay about them. Okay. Oh, I never got to what yudofu is. Uh, oh, it, sorry. It's just sorry. it's really just uh, like a a uh, tofu simmered in broth, All like, right. like a tofu hot pot. Kind and of. so, would that would you use cotton tofu? Um, you can use either, but yeah, probably cotton tofu. Okay. So do you ever buy cotton tofu at Trader Joe's? Yeah, absolutely. You know, a, a tofu that's been sitting around in a plastic tub is it's never going to be like the one that you want to highlight as like, you know, this this is my tofu statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to make it into mapo tofu or bear paw tofu or something else where it's going to be highly seasoned, it's going to be great. Awesome. Okay. Like, yeah, definitely. Definitely do can like <laughs> do continue buying those tofus. Like, don't stop like you were going to just because <laughs> because we you're listening so. to our show. So, I think that uh, we should link to Andrea Nguyen's book Asian Tofu. Oh yeah, on the website. We should also link to Fuchsia Dunlop's Every Grain of Rice and probably Fuchsia Dunlop's newer book, The Food of Sichuan. Yeah. And I think um, probably so the the, the mapo tofu recipe I make is from Andrea Nguyen's book, and I'm pretty sure he's on her blog. I think we've linked to it before. We'll do it again. Yeah, uh, that's at spilledmilkpodcast.com, and uh, it's possible the bear paw tofu recipe is online too. But buy buy Fuchsia Dunlop's books. Oh my gosh, it's uh, like uh, all of these books are fantastic. We still have to talk about stinky tofu. So oh, stinky tofu is God. it's uh, especially popular in Taiwan. Well, the, the thing I think is funny about stinky tofu. And I, I'm aware that I am I'm really being um, 
I, I, I'm being dumb here. Tell me about stinky tofu. Well, no, I, I don't think I don't think you are because I think I think even like aficionados of stinky tofu are kind of like happy in in a in a like braggy sort of way when they hear that someone can't handle it. Oh, okay. Like so, you know, stinky tofu is not. It, I think it's different from most stinky cheeses okay. in the sense that. Uh, so okay, so first of all, it is a marinated tofu preparation where you take a, like a cotton tofu and marinate it in some kind of funky brine, often for quite a while, and then usually fry it. Ah, um, that is not what I was expecting. Very popular in Taiwan, but also in other parts of China. And so, what would make the brine funky? Um, oh, so it could be, it could have like like fermented fish in it, you know, fermented vegetables, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, that actually sounds pretty good. Right. So, so it is good, but stinky tofu, like, so, so, like, when you have a stinky cheese, like, often you'll say, like, okay, but if you can get past the smell of the of the the camembert or the apois or whatever, like, it's really just kind of mild and like, mm-hmm. you know, and what's not to like. Stinky tofu is not like that at all. Mm. Like, it is profoundly stinky, and then the flavor is like even stinkier usually. Interesting. Um, you know, there there is nothing euphemistic about the name. Okay. Or like, no, no, there's nothing like, what's the opposite of euphemistic? Uh, Over, it's not an overstatement. Okay. Um, and did you eat this when you were in Taiwan? I did eat it when I was in Taiwan. I, I ate one piece and I was like, I think I could learn to like this, but it would take some more tries. Okay. Fair um, enough. But I mean, it's... You know, it's like it's like the Chinese liquor that that Derek Sandhouse figured out how to make himself like. I think I, I think, think with with exposure to stinky tofu in the right context, I'm sure I would become an insufferable stinky tofu person. Is like you got to try this. I think it's that way with with uh, so many different strongly yeah, flavored absolutely. things like uh, around the world. I mean. For instance, June just so last night I took her with me to the grocery store and I was buying some cheese among other things and I was really having trouble deciding among these different cheeses and so oh. I was trying to sniff them through the plastic wrap which is a, a fool's errand. But anyway, you know what what she, I do, I lick them and put them back. She <laughs> She couldn't even like tolerate the smell through the plastic wrap. And I know that there was a time when I was the very same way, but through like repeated exposure, as you'll hear on next week's episode, and through like the sheer desire to like learn about this food. You know what I just realized? Like, I think now next, I love it. I think next week's episode is actually our 10th anniversary episode, and the one that we've been teasing is actually two weeks from now. Oh. That's cool. No, no, it's, it's it's all happening. It's cool. It's it's all it's all a celebration of stink. Yep. Okay. Next week's episode is also stinky. Uh, no, well, people uh, the, will have to stay tuned to the, find out. The tenth what it anniversary is. episode is a celebration of our own funk that we have been <laughs> fermenting for ten years. Oh my god, I'm I'm it's I'm a little bit scared to tape that episode. Me too. You can find us at spilledmilkpodcast.com and at facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast. You know, we their whole like you know we didn't talk about Indonesian tofu at all, and there's there's a big tradition of tofu in Indonesia because I don't know very much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we, we would love to hear like what you are doing with tofu beyond what we talked about. Yeah, we really only mentioned four dishes here. 
Plus, yeah. plus my hippie tofu plus, sandwich. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really like the, the thing that most people think of first Yeah, around the world. I would also love to hear if people have like um, hippie tofu preparations oh, okay. that they feel really strongly about. That yeah, like really definitely. hold up, um, you know, even if you're no longer a hippie. Yeah, but but you, you should probably still be a hippie. Probably. I mean, at we least sh- we should all be hippies. Yeah. At least in terms of the sandals and the and the political beliefs. Yeah. Um, so what else? Uh, our producer is Abby Circatella. You can find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Ooh, please send us your topic ideas for our January 16th live show. Send those ideas to topics at spilledmilkpodcast.com. Yep. We'll catch them in our secret inbox. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't Gross. I don't feel good about that. And until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We love making you laugh. (laughs) I'm Molly Weisenberg. (laughs) And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Don't send tofu. Either don't don't actually like send tofu into our inbox or send that as a topic because we're doing oh my that God, right that now. That was such a dad joke. Like yeah. when my dad used to say we should fax things <laughs> exactly. to my mom, <laughs> like fax slices of cake and stuff. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.